0: The topic that comes to my mind is the mental health issue, simply because it used to be taboo to talk about mental health. Welcome to another
1: episode of the Louisiana Farm Bureau podcast. I'm your host, Carl Wiggers, and today we're joined by Wendell Miley and Matt Sergo from Louisiana Farm Bureau's Safety Department. It's National Farm Safety and Health Week, and we're talking about the world of farm safety. From road safety to car seats, we'll cover a lot of ground and share insights for farmers, consumers, and anyone else interested in our ag community's well-being, which should be all of us. Let's get into the conversation as we explore these critical issues on the Louisiana Farm Bureau podcast. Joining me now is Wendell Miley and Matt Sergo. They uh, head the departments. Actually, would y'all tell us kind of what you guys do in in regards to safety in, in the world of Louisiana Farm Bureau?
0: Yes, I will, Carl. Uh, Matt and I have been involved in um, our safety program. I have for many, many years. Matt's newest to the department, but uh, our, our main uh, emphasis through the years has been Uh, We've been involved in uh, grain bin safety for um, quite a few years now, and uh, we've got uh, a lot of uh, history in doing ATV safety in a lot of uh, areas around the state. We both are trained in CPR. We teach CPR classes to uh, various and sundry groups within the Farm Bureau structure, Mm -hmm. and uh, we've done other programs through the years, but those are the main ones that we've been involved with for quite some time.
1: I'm pretty sure you've told me this story that when you first started at Farm Bureau, you were doing ATV safety kind of as like a, almost a side hustle, but that was just like, it became something that, you I did,
0: did right I, that did. How that kind of goes? I, I worked. It was a sideline job that I worked for the ATV Safety Institute, actually setting up courses and getting people to go take a rider course. And then at some point I became an instructor and went out on the weekends and actually taught the course, which was about a three to four hour training class mm-hmm. and uh, it helped people uh, hopefully uh, learn how to ride that machine in a safer manner. Does that sound familiar to you?
2: It does, actually. I was just about to make the comment. We dress alike enough as it is, but also we kind of have the same background. I was teaching and still do teach with the state police uh, for the Motorcycle Safety Foundation for their basic rider course. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that experience, I kind of brought over from teaching adults and how to operate motorcycles and get their endorsement. We've been able to kind of curtail to do a lot of ATV programs, whether it be with kids, high school kids, even adults, you can kind of tailor that program for the needs needed. Right, and uh,
1: and you mentioned CPR to backtrack, Wendell. You mentioned CPR, and that's something so crucial. And I've actually uh, participated in the program, and I know others in the Farm Bureau staff have. But also, I've seen that y'all have done that for parish offices and you know different groups. I think that's a really cool thing that we do. And there is a million things we can probably talk about that you guys yes. do that nobody would really ever recognize. But one of the biggest things you mentioned, grain bin safety. We yes. do like two or three trainings that happen usually in different parts of the state. And then National Health and Safety Week or Safety and Health Week is a big deal. Like we put a lot of effort, a lot of emphasis. We use our TV show. We, we try to blast that on social media. That is this week. And we're,
0: we're here. So tell us about. What the theme is this year and, and kind of the focuses this year. You know, the president has signed a proclamation uh, every year uh, for many, many decades, uh, highlighting that week to make sure that the, the farm community uh, stays safe. And uh, the theme uh, this year is no one can take your place. Carl, as we've talked about for many, many years, uh, agriculture. Uh, as an industry is one of the most dangerous ones to be involved in. Uh, A farmer has to be a jack of all trades. He's exposed to a lot of hazards in and around the farm. So uh, we try and make sure by highlighting certain topics that we can hopefully educate the farmer, his workers on how to be safe when working around the farm. Matt, I know you've only been you've been at Farm Bureau, what,
2: four or five years? I made five years on August 27th. Five years. Time Congratulations. Flies. <laughs> Thanks, so
1: man. you've been around for a few of these. And I know I've mm-hmm. interviewed you and we've we've done videos walking through some of these different topics, uh, like the daily topics. So essentially kind of how this works, and tell me if I'm wrong, every day there's a focus, right? Correct.
2: Yes. How, how's that go? How's that look for this year? So what happened is the US Ag Centers send out toolkits that we kind of help uh, talk about different topics. So Monday is going to be our tractor and rural roadway safety. Um, Tuesday, of course, will be health and wellness. Then Wednesday, we're going to have priority populations. And then Thursday is going to be confined spaces in agriculture. And Friday, they'll wrap it up with brain health.
1: One thing that's different about, uh, I say, I say different. Rural roadway safety, we think about tractors on the road, that's not that uncommon to think about. That's easy to connect. Oh, that's farmers. But thinking about brain health or just the health and wellness, those are pretty generic seeming. Some of this seems like it might bleed past just farmers and ranchers and into their homes and into their communities, the rural communities. Is that, does that kind of, is some of this targeted at the non-farming
2: like rural residents or is this all focused solely on farmers? Well, what they've done is they've kind of allowed, I think, more people to become involved in this. So say your health and wellness and your brain health, they know that uh, when a farmer leaves his field, it doesn't, he doesn't just clock out for the day. It usually carries over to him, uh, to the home. So whether it be through family farms or through generational farming across the board, it kind of allows more people to be involved with it and build up that support network for that farmer for that farmer mm-hmm. and also to allow him or him, or her to understand what's going on around his community. Right. We're releasing this episode Monday, September 18th. Today's focus is
1: equipment and rural roadway safety. Um, I mean, that's something that we've, we talk about outside of National Health and Safety Week. That's a big deal, Wendell. I mean, you've you've been around for
0: a while to see this. You know, we've tried to to make that uh, an important topic to discuss, uh, even outside of this week, because... uh, about a third of the fatalities that happen on the farm happen when farmers are transporting equipment from one field to another, one farm to another, and uh, we do see a lot of folks that get involved with slow-moving vehicles out on the, out on the highway nowadays, and uh, we try and uh, make sure that both sides of that uh, equation understand, from a farmer perspective, what they should be doing to try and avoid... An accident from occurring, as well as the motoring public, things that they need to be looking out for to to avoid a collision with a farm, farm mm. vehicle.
1: Uh, this is something that, honestly, for me, and I'm a farm kid, my dad farms in Northeast Louisiana. And I, for a long time, we've farmed in our little corner of Franklin Parish and didn't really have to get on the road much. But when we did, there were two or three other families that lived right there that would really drive those roads and it really, wouldn't really be an issue. But recently, they started farming a pretty significant ride away from the, the main farm and they're having to move tractors 20 miles, 30 miles. There's a lot of time on the road and it, it's become way more of a concern for me thinking about dad on the tractor. So I guess let's talk about that from a farmer perspective. What do y'all, what's y'all's, what's our message to farmers as they're out on the roads, as they're having to get those tractors and combines and moving, you know, long distances on highways?
2: So from a farmer perspective, what you really want to focus on is making sure that SMV symbol is clearly displayed, making sure that all your lights, your indicators are all in working order and they're clearly visible. Um, Make sure that all the back of that is clean uh, to the motoring public. If you have the ability to, say, have a chase vehicle behind you, that helps a lot to put flashes on because they recognize the vehicle first. That's not always the case, as we know. Um, But just doing your part to, again, you're under stress. Uh, to get your job done for the day, which is very understandable. If you're able to maybe avoid the heavily trafficked areas during the day, maybe school drop-off or pickup, um, those can be times where maybe your chances are a little bit higher of being involved in an accident. And one of the biggest things, too, is that if a crash does happen, unfortunately, anytime that there is farm equipment involved in a rural accident, uh, your chances of fatality go up five times. Wow. So just that in general, just from yes. having an accident, the likelihood of vitality is very high. One other thing, too,
0: you mentioned about having to drive further distances with farm equipment. If a farmer is having to do that and you do get a bunch of traffic built up behind you, Make sure when you get to that area where you can pull over to the shoulder, let that traffic clear. People are going to be impatient. They're trying to get to work. They're trying to get somewhere. So if you can do that by making sure you get, you get off the highway and get that roadway clear so they can pass, then get back on the highway and continue on to your location. I mean, from both perspectives, from the farmer that's pulling off the side of the road,
1: pull off to the side of the road for a minute. And let that traffic clear. Very true. It's, it's a very small thing, but also from a driver. From That's right. A, there's not that much that can't wait a couple of minutes. Exactly. That I, can, I can be a little more patient as a driver. So there's kind of a, both sides need to kind of be mindful of the other. But uh, I think it's very important that we talk about that. Wendell, one of the other things, you talked about AgriSafe a minute ago before we started recording. Yes. They're kind of doing workshops online webinars kind they, of
0: they've begun to do that in recent years but by, by the way um, AgriSafe is an organization that Matt and I've been a part of for quite a while and I actually am serving on the board this is my third year serving on their board and uh, they will do some webinars each day actually two of them each day middle of the day and I'll just run down the, the topics that they're going to be covering uh on the day that we're talking about mm-hmm Rural Roadway Safety, they're going to have a webinar on ATV safety, which we've discussed briefly. They're going to also do one on chainsaw safety, and then going through the week, uh, Preventing the Spread of Infectious Diseases on Farms, Ranches, and Ag Workplaces. They're going to talk about um, cardiovascular health and farm workers with a concentration on females. This is on Wednesday, the Priority Population Day. Another one, Strategies to Increase Access to Mental Health Services, which is a, a big topic nowadays. As, we, as we've discussed a little bit already, the mental health issue, confined spaces uh, on dairy farms specifically on Thursday. Saving Lives in Grain, Research and Strategies for Grain, Entrapment Prevention and Response. We've done a lot of that through the years. And then Brain Health on Friday, Conversations on Access to Lethal Means Training, and then Protecting Your Brain from Stress. So a little bit different from some of the specific topics that we talked about earlier, but webinars available to the public to learn more about each of those topics. And I'm, I know we'll be
1: sharing those uh, and access to those, so you can find us on Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation on our social media. Uh, platforms, but let's talk kind of about that. It mentions equipment and rural roadway safety. Is that just equipment on the rural roadways or is that like chainsaw and like handling equipment?
2: So, the way that they have it registered here, uh, so on AgriSafe, it's going to be tractor and rural roadway safety okay. from uh, okay. National Farm Safety. The route that they're going through is kind of I think involving equipment as well, which is good. I mean, with ATV okay. safety, you can tie that into similar topics. Yeah. yeah. Three quarters of your accidents that are going to be cause fatalities with ATVs are usually mm-hmm. going to be some way related to the road. So keeping them off the public roads as much as possible is something we stress to all of our all the kids that we talk to. I mean, every single one and to the adults as well, that they're just the cars are not expecting to see you. From a motorcycling background, I know that because it's hard enough with me with blinking lights and everything that I have on my motorcycle to still be seen. Um, so when you add a ATV on there that doesn't have that, it's a bad mix. And yeah. chainsaw safety is great too. I mean, we all know the statistic that more people die after hurricanes than before hurricanes. A lot of that's because they break out Grandpa's chainsaw that hasn't been used in forever and start cutting on trees. Yeah.
1: Well, cool. Uh, I'm I'm glad we can have those uh, resources through AgriSafe that we can share and and equip our our folks with. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about Tuesday, health and wellness. And when you just say those couple words, for me, it doesn't sound like something that farmers are just itching to go and talk about. Like, let's talk about making sure I'm healthy and eating a good diet from the the seat of my tractor.
0: You know, and it's a topic that we try and talk about from time to time because, uh, yeah, because during the busy harvest season... Farmers aren't focusing on really trying to take good care of themselves because they know they have a job to do. It's a it's a busy time to get the crop in, so uh, we try and highlight some of the things like you just mentioned: getting a good getting a good diet, uh, eating well, uh, taking care of yourself, uh, protecting yourself from skin cancer, making sure you're putting on the uh, the products you need to prevent uh, those kind of things from harming your body. Um, The list is high, but uh, just trying to focus on the things that you need to do to make sure that you're keeping yourself uh, safe and well as you go about uh, the harvest uh, during this busy time of the year.
1: When y'all, I know y'all interact with folks from other states that do health uh, and safety stuff, but y'all also interact with farmers, you know, our membership from time to time. What do y'all, what's, what do y'all hear from them about topics like that? Are y'all hearing kind of a shift? I know when, I mean... I don't think the modern farmer is maybe, I think maybe the modern farmer, even though I just kind of made the joke about that's not what they want to talk about. I think they're even more open now to taking care of themselves and and aware of, of their health than they maybe were a decade ago or a
0: generation ago. Is that? Do you see that? I guess the, the topic that comes to my mind is the mental health issue, simply because it used to be taboo to talk about mental health. But now there are all these resources out there that are focusing on the farm community, because we all, we all know that suicide has been an issue in the farm community for many years with what a farmer has to deal with on a daily basis, from weather to prices to whatever it is that causes them stress in their life. So uh, that particular issue, you now see a lot more discussion about to try and help them deal with the daily stresses of life. Mm -hmm.
2: One of the biggest things that's been so helpful is farmers actually sharing their own stories. When they can get up in front of people, whether it be through a video recording or actually to a group and talk to them and say, look, we had this issue on the farm. I know years ago we went to North Carolina when they were having uh, the nuisance lawsuits that were coming out. And that was really the first exposure I had to how stressful a farmer's life can be. Um, Bringing that back to Louisiana, you know, we've brought at our convention, uh, we have banners up that have QR codes where people can walk by and have that quiet conversation. And, you know, we've seen through data that people are utilizing that information. And then in general health too, I think one of the greatest inventions now has been Apple watches or anything that tracks your heart rate. Just for when I'd go and check the time, if I'm sitting down and my heart rate is 110, Uh, That may be something that I need to adjust or maybe that I need to address with my doctor. Mm -hmm. You know, working long hours, when your body is tired, there's a reason why you have those cravings for sugars or fats. It's because your body is trying to increase its calorie consumption to keep you going. But you need to be mindful of that. It may not be the healthiest option for you.
1: What are, I mean, you mentioned heart rate Mm -hmm. and what are some things, I guess, just... I didn't prepare y'all for this. I'm sorry. But what are some things that y'all would tell farmers like to be on the lookout for? I mean, heart rate, maybe elevated. What are some other things? I, I mean, and it can be related to health, but also I'm thinking lately it's been a, a million degrees outside. It has. has been an- another factor that would probably fall into this. What are some things farmers need to watch out for? They may not
0: be aware that that's something that maybe could be a red flag. Well, you just mentioned heat because this this is a time in, in our state as well as many other states where we have not experienced the amount of uh, high temperatures that uh, are happening right now. And uh, just trying to make sure that they're doing the things that they need to do to protect themselves each day and their workers, you know, making sure that they're getting the, the proper breaks the proper hydration, uh, that they're taking care of themselves with good diet. So that goes into a lot of different areas that they need to be focusing on. But uh, that is definitely a a topic that needs to be
2: elaborated on. Um, I think one thing, too, like you mentioned with with heat in general, too, is if you've had exposure to heat stroke, you're much more likely to get it again, and it can be at a much lower temperature. So each time that you have a heat-related illness affect you, the next time can be something that triggers it that's even less. So you have to be mindful of that. Making sure you give yourself time to acclimatize to hot conditions. If you, you ha- if you bring in new workers that haven't had the chance to, let them kind of build up to full work. And mm-hmm. then they'll, they'll be good there. You just don't want to shock people's systems.
1: Talk about heat stroke. What are some things that, like,
2: is it dizziness? Is that one of the things you need to look out for if you're starting to maybe experience that? It is. You'll see redness, flushness. The biggest thing uh, that where your big indicator from, say, heat exhaustion to heat stress is that if I see somebody start, stop sweating. So yes. if it is 115 degrees out and I see somebody that is bright red and looks dry as a bone, you have to get that person cooled down as quickly as possible. It doesn't matter if it is spraying them with a hose, getting them into an ice, whatever you can do to bring that body temperature down because heat exhaustion, you'll be tired, nauseous, dizzy, and then heat stroke very quickly. You can become unresponsive and you have a big issue. Wow. That's
1: that's important to, to yes. know because that's something any farmer can be on the lookout for and look for in a partner and a, uh, a worker or anybody. So that's good to know. So Wednesday we're talking about priority populations and Matt kind of, what does that even, what does that even look like? Who who, who
2: are these priority populations that, that we're trying to address here? So when we talk about priority populations, um, it can be niche groups, whether it be through young children that are on the farm that haven't, that really want to be a part of it because dad or grandpa or even brother your sister, you know, they're part of the farming lifestyle and they want to be there to help them. So there's risks that we need to watch out for, especially with young children. You know, but like we talked about in the past, we've said that the average age of farmers is going up all the time. So with that age does come different challenges, whether it be through hearing loss, vision loss, just general aging, you know, is something that needs to be addressed. And then for your migrant workers, whatever culture you come from, it doesn't have to be from South America. You come from South Africa. Wherever you are, you are coming into a different culture and you're trying to learn things as you go along. So mm-hmm. they're kind of trying to address those needs for some of those niche populations. They
1: have different, different, uh, uh, different health issues that they have to be aware of and exactly. address for... Migrant workers, like you mentioned, that's cool. So, Wendell, what are some of the workshops that are happening, well, just, the webinars? Just
0: to elaborate a little bit on one of those specific groups, um, we've done a lot of work on child safety on the farm through the years. Um, there's a group up in Wisconsin that has put together this booklet that highlights age-appropriate tasks for, for children on the farm mm. and also making sure children that work and play on the farm has a safe play area outside. They have boundaries to where they know they cannot go into the shop or work areas to where they could accidentally be run over by a piece of uh, farm equipment, a tractor. So, uh, we've done a lot of work there. And, uh, you know, Carl, it, it's bad enough to lose a farmer, a farm worker on the farm. But when we lose kids on the farm, that's got to be one of the most devastating things for a farm family to deal with. So, uh, that's one area that we have spent a lot of time on trying to address.
1: Yeah. that's, And I know It's happened right here in Louisiana, and it's, I know it's hard to overcome. I can't imagine walking that road myself, and uh, that would really tap into that mental health uh, aspect for sure for a very, very long time. Uh, Probably something you don't ever lose, um, that struggle. What are some of the workshops that, that are focused on yes. that priority population um, on, on They're Wednesday?
0: focusing on uh, cardiovascular health and farm workers with a concentration on females uh, in the first webinar on Wednesday. And then after that, strategies to increase access to mental health services in farm worker communities in post-COVID era. Mm. So those are opportunities to learn more about those specific topics via the AgriSafe webinar.
1: Thursday is a day where we will talk about things that is a very big focus for Louisiana Farm Bureau and has been for a decade. Wendell, you've been uh, doing farm safety programs related to grain bin safety for a, a while. Since I've been around, since before me and Matt were both
0: here, how important is that? It's very important because you're seeing more and more grain bins on the farm nowadays. So um, there was a fatality in Caddo Parish about 10 years ago that occurred. And uh, one of our executive uh, committee members felt like it was a good time for us to introduce that topic to our membership around the state. So we uh, got with uh, the folks with Mississippi Farm Bureau and uh, Mr. Dan Neenan out of Iowa. He came down with his trailer and uh, we began to roll that trailer around the state and uh, educate the folks on the do's and don'ts when it comes to working in and around grain bins. And that's been a very popular program. Just so we're clear, I,
1: I wasn't raised around grain bins. I didn't We didn't have them on our farm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you see them on every farm now, it seems like you're up, up there. There are grain bins everywhere. And Sometimes you have to get into into them to clear blockages or or whatever. What are some of the reasons that farmers actually get into those bins and what are some steps they can take to do it safely?
2: It could be for a number of different reasons. Um, A huge one usually is some kind of encrustment forms up on the sides. So a farmer will go in there to try to clear that encrustment so that way the sweep auger can operate. And it could be, you know, different ways. What you want to be mindful of is that when you start to walk across that grain, there's a couple of steps you need to take. A, work with somebody as a spotter. So make sure that somebody else is with you and make sure that they know what you're doing. A lot of times we hear about fatalities in grain bins because, you know, he didn't show up for dinner and he's been in that grain bin when he fell in and he's been in there for hours and it's just starting now to get him out. Um, make sure you have tie-off points. You know, John Hubbard, who did this program for years in the mm-hmm. CP Farm Bureau, was retired firefighter. And so he really had expertise there and he showed you how to put on, you know, all of your tie-off points. And just making sure that you're mindful that you don't cause any kind of an avalanche. So if you're working at an angle, try to slowly break down that encrustment to make sure that it doesn't fall on top of you and make sure that you don't walk across a bridge. A lot of times that grain may look flat and level across, but what you don't see underneath it is that it's an encrusted bridge that unfortunately you don't find out about until you've walked onto it. And broken the
1: crust and now you're You're really in trouble. Yeah. Wow. So what are some, uh, I guess... What are some things that that you've seen, Wendell, you know, coming from this decade now of doing these trainings? What's the response like from the farming community, from the first responder community? What's, I mean, we've gotten, we've had other, there have been other entrapments since that one in Caddo Parish a decade ago.
0: We we feel like, we hope that we've made an impact. We know that there's been several rescues because of people who have been to our trainings that helped to get farmers that were trapped in a grain bin. So we feel like it's been a... um, a good program that uh, we've made available to the farm community. And uh, hopefully, as we continue to do it, and I think as the word gets out about the do's and don'ts, uh, we can continue to educate those farm workers to make sure that they're doing all that they should be doing to hopefully avoid a, uh, an entrapment. I know
1: one thing that I, I think we've been kind of a part of, we've helped promote it at least, is, are the tubes, the rescue tubes. Yes. And those probably, were there any in the state back Whenever this started, and
0: I would venture to say no, unless there were some maybe at the mills themselves because mm-hmm. of OSHA standards, yeah, that they had to have them on site. But uh, matter of fact, it's 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 good that you brought that up because we want to actually be able to put together a location of all of those Mm. uh, rescue tubes that are located around the state and make that available to everyone. So if someone does get involved in an entrapment, at least they they can say, "Okay, this parish has got one or here's one in our parish. We can go get it. Awesome. That's a good idea. Unfortunately,
2: it's a great it's a great thing, because unfortunately, whenever we do our trainings, we ask these fire. We ask the fire departments, hey, where's your nearest grain tube? And they. You just hear crickets. That's right. Yeah. And yeah. so it's not the time you want to find out when you need it.
1: That's one thing that surprised me whenever I went to one of these, my first ones. Mm-hmm. It was mostly first responders. Not as yes. many farmers were there because the first responders are the ones that are going to be there right. doing that's the work. That's you want there. Yeah. For sure. Um, so that's one of the things that was impressive. And, and I know we've helped promote, get those grain bins out there, uh, grain bins rescue tubes out there. Um, and I know that there's a handful in central Louisiana. I know... Uh, Grant Parish didn't Grant Parish sponsor and like yes, buy one. They did. Yeah. And uh, different parishes have done that. So it's really cool to see that it's that it's taken hold. So uh there really are just two webinars, there are two webinars every day, but there're two webinars Thursday confined spaces on dairy farms, which we don't have many of, and then saving lives in grain research and strategies for grain entrapment prevention and response. That's a 1-hour webinar that is probably a condensed version
2: of the the four or five hour workshop that we do a few times a year. Is that right? Probably looks like to you. And that's just talking about grain bins. I mean, you have other confined spaces on the farm as well. And they focus on making sure you wear that respirator. If it's an N95, it helps uh, protect against particulates. They're going to get into your lungs and cause issues. You know, they even talk about now having gas monitors, making sure that you don't come up on anhydrous ammonia or any kind of dangerous gas that's going to cause you a big issue.
1: Stuff I wouldn't even think about, to be honest. Um, let's talk about Friday and well, I know we've mentioned mental health and kind of the health and wellness day on Tuesday. Friday is brain health. What is that even going to
2: look like? So, I mean, when we talk about brain health, we all obviously know, um, when we talk about mental health as well, luckily, like we've talked about before, the stigma does seem to be lifting. Um, I think the advent of telehealth, if COVID brought anything positive, I think it did allow uh, more access to telehealth, which helps a lot of areas. Mm-hmm. Especially um, rural areas. Especially rural areas. Because a lot of times they just don't have access to the appropriate you know, means that they might uh, need. But brain health also can be a couple of different things. They talk about even dementia setting in as you age. We talked about aging before. The average age of that farmer goes up and up and up. Well, increased uh, dementia can cause that as well. One thing that's often undiagnosed is that if you have hearing damage, Uh, you actually have a greater chance of developing dementia later in life. When your hearing loss goes, it's like a muscle that you have to work at. And that part of that brain can atrophy if you have damage to your hearing. So it sounds like it's a weird correlation, but protecting your hearing can actually protect your brain health later on in life. Huh?
1: I would have never known that. Mm. My wife's in the medical world and I didn't know that. Matt, you're teaching me (laughs) stuff and you're not even a doctor. Yeah,
2: just YouTube certified.
1: (laughs) YouTube certified. Wendell, what are some of the workshops, the the webinars that we can look for on on Friday that we can share?
0: Well, it looks like AgriSafe is going to focus on COM, conversations on access to lethal means training is what they're calling it. And then the one following that shortly thereafter is protecting your brain from stress. And as we know, there are a lot of stressors that farmers do deal with day in, day out to try and run a farming operation. So those are the focuses that day. A lot of stress. A lot of things that y'all have any tips that
1: y'all have, have picked up in any workshops or any conferences y'all have been to that y'all could that we can offer farmers?
0: You know, I, I think what we've talked about already, Carl, is is reaching out. Uh, it, it's not it's not taboo anymore to talk about the stresses and things that affect your mental health. So reach out to your, your local physician to if it has to be something spiritual, reach out to, you know, your, your local Pastor, uh, somebody that you can talk to to work through some of these things that are causing you the stress that affects you as you do uh, try and operate a farm.
1: Yeah, I don't run a farm, but I know one thing, like if I'm ever stressed, just doesn't have to, I don't have to come up with a solution, but just talking it out and kind of brain dumping yeah, in all that's stressing exactly.
2: me helps just to bring it down some. So it does. And even with, we've talked about in the beginning of this podcast, how encompassing this week is allowing people who maybe necessarily aren't farmers themselves be a part of the solution. So if you're that farmer's partner, whoever that might be, or a family member, church leaders, knowing the signs yourself too, if you see that farmer very often and you start to notice uh, issues, maybe it's declining, you know, appearances around the farm, maybe they're not being as social anymore. Notice those small little things that can become big things later on and just help with that conversation, introduce it just being, are you okay? You know, it can help quite a bit.
1: Where do we need to look for any more information? If you want access to these webinars, we're going to put them on social media. Is there somewhere else we should be pointing people or helping people get to? Or is there anything else I need to know about what you guys do in the safety world? Uh, I guess outside of focusing on these five days of, of intense safety trainings and awareness.
2: So AgriSafe is going to be your, uh, your best bet when it comes to the uh, Webinars that we talked about. Um, our US Ag Centers all put together this promotional toolkit that we then in turn tend to uh, show to you guys to distribute to everybody. So, obviously, LA Farm Bureau is going to be a, a great resource to find all those items. Uh, in regards to programs that we do around the state, um, ATV safety is always a big one for us. We love to do CPR training. If you have a need to want to do one of those, let us know. We'll be happy to see what we can do to help out.
0: One of the other programs our services that we provided to our membership for are really about 35 years now has been our car seat program. You can, as a member of Farm Bureau, buy an infant seat for $25, uh, a pretty good one that's made available on the market. And uh, also, the uh, booster seat, I think, is also a $15 car seat, uh, price as well. And uh, those have been sold for many, many years. And uh, I think totals, when you talk about numbers, were, we're probably well over 100,000 to our members in that 35-year period. It's probably around 115000 sold. I should know this because
1: I have a toddler now, but I haven't bought a car seat. My wife did that. She picked it out. What does a car seat run?
0: Let me also mention this. It's subsidized by Southern Farm Bureau Casualty Insurance Company. They they pay for probably two-thirds of the cost of that car seat. So probably on average... Probably sixty to seventy bucks for a normal car seat that's available on the market, and can go up as high as three to four to five hundred dollars, right. depending on how good. But a you can one get a seventy eighty dollar car yeah. seat for yeah for. 15, yeah, 20, 15 bucks. 20 bucks. Exactly. It, it's That's been a, a great program. And not just in Louisiana, through the other five casualty states around the uh, the Southeast. Just thinking if your membership is 40,
1: 50 bucks, you've paid for it right there. Absolutely.
2: That's and pretty we've, awesome. We've, we've
1: sang that tune many, many years. That's right. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks for being here on the podcast, helping get the word out about uh, National Farm Safety and Health Week. And uh, yeah, if you're listening to this and you need some of these resources, check out our show notes and we'll get them all to you. Uh, in the meantime, Thanks for doing what you do, and we'll talk to you next time.
2: Thanks for having us. Thank you, buddy.
1: Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Louisiana Farm Bureau podcast about farm safety and National Farm Safety and Health Week. A big thank you to our guests, Wendell Miley and Matt Sergo, for joining me and sharing your expertise. Remember, safety is everyone's concern, and together we can keep our farmers and ag communities safe. If you found this episode informative, please consider sharing it with your friends and fellow farmers. And as always, stay tuned for more engaging discussions on all things Farm Bureau right here on the Louisiana Farm Bureau podcast.